What is good, people, and welcome to the first ever podcast, uh, the Royal Ramble Podcast. I think I think that's what we're going to go with. Um, and yeah, so let's get on with it. So I am joined today by Josh Bridgman, um, a very good friend of mine, my coach as well. He's, he's enabled me to get where I am today, essentially, um, along with other things, but he's definitely up there. Um, hello, Josh. How are you? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Is it Rumble or Ramble? Ramble. Ramble. Royal Ramble. The Royal Ramble. I like it. It rolls off the tongue nicely. I know, it's good. Um, so, if if we start off with like a little bit about you, um, and then we'll go into your, your uh, competition history as well. So just start off. Sure. Um, I am, I never really know what to call myself. I am a bodybuilder, online coach, do like social media stuff as well. I've been competing for maybe about five years. Um, of those, two of them have been assisted. Um, and I've kind of been in the game for nearly a decade in terms of like training wise. Uh, and I am here today chasing my pro card. That's pretty much it. So prep started Monday, yeah? Prep started Monday, three days ago. And you've got how long? 17 weeks? Yeah, 17 weeks. That first first week or so, just getting your feet on the ground and then uh, getting into it. Nice. So if all goes to plan and you've got all of your shows together, how long dieting will it be until you're, if you do that last London show? It'll be exactly six months. So it'll be wow. yeah, two months from the first one to the last one. Jesus. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, it'll be all right couldn't even imagine it yet. I think it was a bit longer than last year. I think <coughs> last time I did it, it was like seven or eight months, and I was like feeling like I needed to stop. I was like, actually, yeah, I need yeah. to stop right now. You had a good bit of time to like rebound there, didn't you? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Between your first and second show. Yeah, so I reversed that pretty nicely. Nice, cool. Right, um, so how many shows have you done? How many shows have you done? 12, 13, 14, 15 maybe, between 12 and 15. I've done and- Majority of them were well. You, what all of them bar two were natural, right? Yeah, literally all of them were natural. At least, yeah, literally they did. Th- I did three last year, so I've only done three competitions out of the fifteen that I've been assisted. This will be my second second run at it. Fair enough. Right. So we'll get into it. Um, I think today we're going to go through some questions. Uh, obviously, I put some up, and you have as well. We'll start off with mine, um, and then we'll, we'll, I think what we'll do is I'll just ask the questions, and if you've got something to say, you, you can come in first. Otherwise, I'll, I'll go off and just go on to you. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So we'll do that. So starting off with the questions, um, we've got first of all, <laughs> when are the new knee sleeves dropping? Um, they're already out, aren't they? Yeah, they're already out, but I've made some adjustments to them. So I've made them an inch longer either side. So they cover nice, okay. they cover more of the leg either side. And they should be here in the next two or three weeks. Cool. Okay. Any price changes or are they going to stay there? No, they'll be price? the same. They'll be the same price. Nice. Okay, cool. I got a load of stick for saying to make sure to press record this time, but it is definitely still recording. So we're good with that one. Um, so for me, it, there's one here, self-explanatory... Uh, very self-explanatory, but for people that don't know you, why did I choose you as a coach? Um, so to broaden this one out as as a whole, I think choosing a co- coach as a whole would come to who you think is knowledgeable. Um, so w- when I first came to you, you uh, I think you not started, but you were on about starting becoming unassisted anyway. So that definitely took like a, a hit for me, obviously being unassisted now. Um, assisted. But assisted, sorry, yeah. Being, being assisted. But... I think one big thing for, for me that, that likes, if I was to look at someone and really like them, I think it's how they deliver deliver um, information and at the time and even now, but I think more so as you were rising, it's kind of how how you or how someone would bring out information. I think at the time, you know, two, three years ago, it was very much 
all over the place in terms of information. Um, so for anyone that's looking for a coach, I think look at what they can deliver, and you've got to think if if they can if they can give out good uh, detail on on Instagram where it's just a small caption, then they're definitely going to be able to deliver that as as a voice note or whatever it is as a coach. Um, it's also got to be someone you look up to. I think if you're going, maybe they're not bigger than you, but if if you still look up to them, you've still got that accountability there. Um, and then just being able to build a relationship with them as well. Like if it was someone you don't like or you, you only like their Instagram content and maybe you send them a uh, like an email and this just really blunt and it says, well, you know, well, what, what can you afford? Like you don't want to go down that route. They should have set prices, um, maybe packages, but they, they shouldn't be asking you what you can afford. Um, but otherwise it's kind of just, you kind of know really. Um, I wouldn't say you should always stick with a, with a coach, but at the same time you do need that kind of coaching relationship um the, the longer you're with someone the, the better it'll be um and you're only going to learn you, you're both going to learn your body um as you go on essentially so i think pretty much it really just just how they interpret information how they get it across to you um what about for you when you came to choosing cal yeah pretty much the same things to be honest i just wanted to see who's elevating the game who's talking about things that no one else is talking about in a good way obviously yeah, uh, and who's, I guess like you got to have a similar. They're probably gonna have a similar approach to you, and like mine was always trying to be a little bit smarter about things, not just hammer and nail. Yeah, and, and yeah, like obviously Cal just uh, appealed to that on my side. But really, all the things that you said, just that you know, spend some time in like getting to know them through their Instagram. You know, because if, if it's their job, they should be promoting themselves through Instagram, and they should be doing it properly. So, I agree. Nice, cool. Um, so another one, probably more for you, because you definitely eat more than I do. Um, but what is uh, that your diet and digesting tips when it comes to eating such high amounts of food. So just to put it into context, this is a client of mine, um, just started the 12 week challenge. He's on 600 carbs maybe, I think. Okay. So how would you go about digestion? Um, I think the, I, I think the cleaner the food, the better the digestion personally. Like, yeah. like if you're going to be in some super digestible protein, carbohydrates and fats, like they're going to go through a lot easier. Like a Big Mac is going to digest a lot harder than just like that beef and, and rice on its own for the same amount yeah. of calories. So it may seem counterintuitive because obviously sometimes there's less of like uh, less calorie density with cleaner food. So you get less mm-hmm. calories. But the digestion of that is just super easy. Um, and, that, and I've noticed it this three days. You know, like obviously the last couple of weeks I've been having a few more treat meals because I know that I'm going to be having prep. First three days, perfect diet, perfect digestion. And, you know, I noticed that straight away. So. I personally think that you've got to cover your things like fiber you've got to cover your micronutrients um, and just ensure that you've got you've got a, a going to the toilet routine you know like even things like that can, can help um, I don't know if you want to add to that yeah so I think um, a good part of digestion would be how you set up your day as well I think if, if you're obviously a lot of the times when it comes to bulking you might wake up still bloated um, but there's definitely ways around that um, as much as you want to be able to wake up early and it's so you can eat earlier and go to bed earlier and things like that. I think you can definitely set your day up right, whether that's having electrolytes, whether that's going out and moving. Um, the best thing I do, is, as you know, was was put steps in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, being able to have expenditure and do a little bit more in the day. I, I It may seem like the wrong thing to do because you're having more expenditure and then having to eat more and more. But at the same time, I think keeping yourself moving and not just sitting down all day and doing nothing is going to actually help you to digest and keep your body going, really. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so another question 
the benefits of Primo within a cycle when it comes to to uh, like a stack design. Um, if, if I think with this one, if I can start off what I think, yeah, and then you can point. elaborate from there. <laughs> so, I think the benefits of Primo would be to allow like the anabolism of, of a stack without having to in, increase the like estrogenic sides of, of having too much test. So for me, when it came to running the, the 250 I was on, we, we, we both decided that obviously I couldn't because of, of the lumps and the, the pain I was getting from my nipples. But then, as you said, if you can bring test down, as there's no estrogenic side effects of, of primibolin, that you can essentially put that up fairly high. Um, so it kind of counter um, counteracts having like high estrogen. Is that, is that right? Close. Close enough. Okay. <laughs> it, I tried. It, it, so what, another thing that it does is it uh, it modulates your androgen to estrogen ratio. So actually, like you can have higher estrogen if you've got a higher uh, androgen to estrogen ratio. So if you've got the androgens to meet that, it kind of yeah. works out well. So for me, for example, I appreciate it's different person to person, but I could have my estrogen up around three fifty if my primo was a lot higher. And it kind of balances. It's a similar thing to Masteron. So it, yeah. obviously, it doesn't aromatize itself. Um, mm. But it won't necessarily bring that. Da- like, it's not going to like directly bring down your and your uh, estrogen. It's just going to modulate the androgen ratio, and that may fluctuate a little bit. Um, but yeah, pretty much like you said, like if you're hitting a ceiling, a ceiling with your cycle, i.e., te- well, if you hit a ceiling with your testosterone or anything that aromatizes, uh, in terms of that ceiling would be now you need aromatized inhibitors because we know mm-hmm. that the. That the aromatized inhibitors are pretty detrimental to your health like things like cholesterol things like your blood sugar which especially in a surplus that you want to be you want to be conscious of um you you then can just find your ceiling hit a little bit less and then make up the anabolism and the anabolic that you're essentially trying to essentially that you lose from having the extra testosterone you can bring in through primo and because primo is is a very very mild drug and we know that from research you can run up to about 1300 milligrams and that was done in women as well per day per day um, uh, sorry, per week. Sorry, so you're having you know, 170 milligrams every single day, more than that. It's um, a big old pin. Yeah, it's a big old pin. <laughs> uh, so you know, we kind of know that on a safety scale, it's it's pretty decent. It's it's a pretty well-rounded drug. Plus the the benefits of the modulating the androgen to estrogen ratio, it does work for a well-rounded drugs. But of course, with that, it's a bit more pricey, and you need yeah. and you need a lot more of it. So you kind of pay more and go through more. So it, it, it is expensive for some people, but. Yeah, I think I think it's a good, it's a good way to to ease people in to just bigger cycles, you know. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. And then similar again, it, it was uh, the benefits of, of trend when it comes to a stack design. Maybe if you talk about like when would be a good time to bring it in, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, and I know people that have put it in first cycle, etc. Yeah, you got to think of you got to think we got to think of anabolics and steroids as a, as a toolkit, and every time. You use part of that toolkit, you know. You use the, you lose the novelty of that toolkit to a certain extent. While like the similar drugs are going to have similar effects all the time, um, mm. you are going to have a bigger reaction that first time, no matter like pretty much no matter what, you know. Especially with something like Trend, which we know is pretty toxic. We know it's pretty strong. It's going to do what it says on a tin. Uh, it's not something you want to be looking towards or thinking about in the first first years of of your of your of your anabolic career. Um, Having said that, I have used recently in my last blast, I did actually use a trenanthate rather than an acetate, which is a little bit softer. Um, 100 milligrams a week, and I did that for about four months. Um, and that was because um, I had a few consultations with a, with a well-known guru in the, in, in the anabolic uh, industry. 
And from from the way I understand it is, Trent is, and I'm sh- guys are not doctors. We're encouraging this. This is just kind of give my experience on these things. Trent is very tissue selective. So in saying that, like you're gonna, it's gonna go in. It's gonna build the muscle. But as soon as you have too much over the therapeutic dose. Uh, you're going to become very, very less tissue specific, and you're going to start growing other things, and then other things you're going to be um, you're going to be sorry, um, you're going to be attaching to different androgen sites, and you're going to have bigger side effects from going higher on tread. So I actually used 100 milligrams, which from the research and from the the science done, seems to be about that therapeutic dose. I actually haven't got my bloods yet back to find out what's happened. They should be back here today, but you know I, I, it was pretty fine. Um, I didn't notice anything really. I think it's just when you kind of creep things up uh, on a prep, which should be a very, very situational point to use something like Tren, probably on a prep, because it's, it is a drug that is associated with being a little bit harder. If you're someone who's potentially a little bit watery, it could be a harder option for you to use. I would never really program it for many people um, uh, until about six to eight weeks out, because we know it is pretty toxic, especially if you're going to use it above those therapeutic doses, which... I try and keep to as many therapeutic doses and as sensible doses as you can, but situationally, you will have to go over that. You know, if you're on a prep and you're going for the Olympia stage, you're going to use some fucking trend. You know, so you've just got to situa- situationally um, use it. And also, you might not fucking respond well to it. You might your head might go. You know, you might be super short tempered, yeah, and you yeah. don't need that. There's so many other tools in a toolbox. So you you got to be you got to understand what it does and when to use it. So I think just going back onto what you said for, for those out there listening, um, whether whether you're on or are looking to go on, a big thing he he mentioned was was his bloods. Um, now I know a lot of people don't; um, it's money and etc. But the way that we both looked at this when it comes to becoming assisted is if you can't afford your bloods, if you can't afford that the health the health supplements behind this, then you can't afford you can't afford your gear at all. Um, so definitely one thing to look at would be. Um, looking at getting your blood stone, whether that's you know beforehand, during, and then afterwards, if, if you're looking at coming off, or if, if you are staying on and, and you, you're staying at those therapeutic doses, then still doing it at least what every six plus weeks, six to twelve weeks potentially. Yeah, exactly. Just um, yeah. So so stay safe if stay safe if you do decide to go on, but you know we wouldn't recommend it at all because we know nothing about it and it's not good for you at all. Um, preferred area to pin. Um none of them <laughs> yeah none of them I hate it I use my legs and my delts the most though cool so I use glutes and delts I can't get around to doing the quad ever since I've seen your 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 um, yeah, but that was a, side effect that was a bad one though I did it in the in the wrong place I've not done it so. I think like like you said at the start I was like I didn't believe you but you just you just become a human pincushion after like literally three or four weeks especially if you're doing it yeah, three times a week I, I was doing it like five times a week on my blast plus growth which is twice a day <laughs> and it's not even like it was a small pin either it was yeah big boy it was a lot of stuff yeah um and then it's poorly worded but blasting crews views um so my view is if you are gonna if you're gonna blast or you're gonna go on cycle to then come off cycle to spend a period of six to 12 weeks with really, really, really little amount of hormone to then go back on cycle to turn all that off again. Mm. It kind of just, you kind of just spend a little bit of time at worse off place, you know? Yeah. Like you actually, like you're going to get initially better, acutely better because you're going to be not taking semi steroid. 
But then as soon as you kind of clear out of those and you're at zero testosterone or eight, seven, six testosterone because your body's yeah. not going to come back on as strong as it is until a couple of years down the line. Uh, then it doesn't really make much sense to me to come off, so I'd much rather go to a TRT dose in between um, blast and cruises, especially if I'm going to be doing this for the next four or five years. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. I think if, if the goal is, is for like me and you to stay and to grow into a show and get bigger and bigger as years go on, there's not much point coming off really, unless for health reasons or you want to come off and have kids and things like that. Yeah. I think like when you explained it to me, to really do a PCT, like to actually do it as Dr. Dean or, or the ones that actually know how to do it, 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 it takes a lot of time off. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the time off where you've got zero hormones or hormoneless um, isn't, you're not going to be anabolic and you're not going to be able to grow at all if not like like barely anything especially if you're doing it a couple of times a year you know it's like five yeah. five weeks a time you do it three times it's 15 weeks it's fucking that's three months of the year that you've got zero hormone it's, it's quite a lot you know? yeah yeah it's not worth it um, but that's that's most of the good questions I've got if, if you can and if there's any good ones any spicy ones any funny ones whatever it is yeah let's look, look then um how big is your current deficit? We can both do that. I'll do mine yeah, first. Do that. I have no idea. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. I never ever like worry about what sort of surplus or deficit I'm in. I entirely just have moved that just to do, it. do the look and the get and the and the weight. That's literally the only factors that I worry about. Whether it's two, three, four hundred calorie surplus, it doesn't make a difference to me. Um, I'm gonna guess. I'm probably maybe just above maintenance. Because yeah. I'm going to lose initial food weight. I'm at 4,300 calories. I was eating 5,200 calories. So I've taken off 800 calories. Like That's probably around where my maintenance is. Because I'm going to lose an initial couple kilos just from the food. And then from the water and then the salt. And then I reckon I'm probably just going to stay the same on this amount of food. So I reckon around 4,000 is probably my maintenance. Um, so training days, I'm at 2,800. So I was, I was still growing really nicely off 4K. So I'd, I'd probably say, I reckon like maybe four to six hundred deficit potentially. Yeah, you lost um, quite quick this week, so it's probably considering. Like, I think the first three weeks it was there was no movement at all. I think week after week I looked better, but yeah. this last week it's just dropped. It was three three and a half kilos yeah. in this week on average. But yeah, I reckon anywhere between four to six hundred calorie deficit. Yeah. Uh, what similarities do you see in each other? Can't be anything. <laughs> I see. Um, I see someone that's, that's hungry to learn, which is probably my biggest thing that I like about you because you're always willing to, to, to take the next step to learn things and we have like real good conversations about, you know, what if this, what if that, what if this and like I really yeah. I really like that conversation as well. So I think we're pretty we're both pretty intense on training, we're both pretty intense on, on, on bodybuilding and being at our future. Both love online coaching, so that's what I think. Yeah, I think I think very similar. Um we, we both I think we can just get on really well. Um and the the want to do better whether that is business bodybuilding whatever it is health I think it's both there and yeah. Um, yeah we just we just get on well I think just being a client to then going over in those sessions and we just bonded straight away really yeah. there wasn't like a, an initial quiet phase yeah, we just definitely. started talking straight away yeah, yeah. we just we just got on really well and then from there is here we are two years down the line yeah. uh, what influenced your decision to turn taking a heart this is towards you by the way what influenced okay. his decision to turn enhanced? Um, 
it was my next my next goal. I think as as much as a lot of people and even I would I would say, I could have waited. I could have waited an extra year or two years to to put on that muscle. But with the goal in mind to really step on stage and be undeniable against the, the big boys, it didn't make much sense for, sense for me to wait a year or two. I think when I spoke to you about it, and the the final factor for me was would I regret not starting or would I regret starting yeah. um, and I, I thought if it, if a year down the line I wasn't on it I would have thought well I, I should be so much better than I am um, yeah. and that was the kind of the, the final decision along with um, being able to afford it and I, I always said no matter what I would always be because obviously I, li- I live in the same house as my parents um, as long as they were fine with it I, I would be fine with it and I, I, I crack on but yeah, yeah I just think it, it's, it's a goal as, as much as I'm only 20 years old and yeah. not big at all or not yet anyway it was it's what was needed and it was, it was the next step yeah this is what I was going to say I was going to say I think that I started uh, too late so, yeah so, so everyone knows I'm 28 at the moment Ethan's 20 I started when I was 25 but I've only just I've literally just turned 28 uh, four weeks ago so two years ago I started when I was 25 I think I started so late because Instagram just wasn't a fucking thing when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, mm. 22. And it just, yeah. I, when I was 22, 23, social media got there. And even then I only knew the Natty guys. And until I followed like Unnatural Bodybuilding and Men's Physique, I was like, oh shit, like there's a level to this. And I didn't realize that until I was 23. But I was very proud in being natural, so I held off for two more years. Said I'm going to do two years off season. Then I'm going to compete. Got to the end of the two years, looked at myself and I was like, this is not what I wanted to get achieved. And then after that two years, took another year off and went and assisted. Yeah. So do you think that? Do you think that just like how in, how immersed in this game you are has influenced you more? How like I didn't even know what fucking trained by JP was when I wanted to. I was twenty. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't a thing then. So the fact that when you've been very impressionable, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, you've been learning. Do you think that seeing yeah. people like JP and then seeing all his athletes who you admire, do you think that's like encouraged you a bit more to go a bit earlier? Hundred percent. I think I'm very impulsive. Um, so. <laughs> whatever it is if, if someone's doing it and it looks good and I think I want to do it I, the, the chances are I'm probably going to hop on that straight away um, but I think as, I, as I've grown older you kind of need to assess everything and we, we've had that long conversation of the do's and don'ts and maybe why I should and why I shouldn't um, but the the social media that I was around that you weren't when you were younger definitely influenced me to allow me to do it properly yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah. don't get me wrong it's, it's never safe but it's the safest it can be you know with getting bloods done if anything was to go wrong I can just I can just hop off and I have the ability to do that because my health would come first um, but yeah I, I think the influence that that is there um, and like I said having you go through it and kind of document everything definitely made me want to do it yeah that's a hard thing to to face for me I'm encouraging little kids to fucking get on the gear yeah, but I, I suppose at least you know if they're going to do it regardless, you'd rather them yeah, yeah, do it properly. That's what I've got to say. Uh, if you could buy out Alphalete or Gymshark, what company would you rather have and run? It'd be Gymshark. It'd be Gymshark, surely. They're a billion dollar company. Yeah, but I just, as a clothing, I reckon Alphalete. Jeez! It, 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 it depends if it comes with the squad as well. Like, do you buy Alphalete and then you get like Christian Guzman and ability, Max Tuning on the side? And, and the ability to sack people. Yeah, like I don't know. I think as as a brand, but then I've always grown up watching Christian Guzman. Alphalete's always been a bigger thing for me. Yeah. I think that the first year or two was Gymshark wearing clothes, like wear Gymshark clothes, and now it's just if Alphalete does a sale or something, I'm definitely on that. Whereas yeah. I don't wear Gymshark anymore. Yeah, I just can't turn away from that billion dollar company. <sighs> True. I like that. 
Actually, what about like if if Alphaland comes in though, and then that turns into a billion? Yeah, I don't know if that's a thing though. I don't, I, I, I don't know what's different. It's, so it's a gym. It's going to be a restaurant. It's going to be a hotel. Just everything. Like a place for content. Yeah, I think, like I think Gymshark is so global. I think Alpha Elite yeah, is. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Gymshark got so global with the name Jim Shark. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's pretty. Like Very Nike, selective. Adidas, you know, Reebok. There's no like association with the gym or like football or tr- or running. Mm. It's very neutral. But yeah. Gymshark is like they've done well. I think that's what holds Alphalete back. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think Christians does everything, doesn't he? Whereas whereas Ben was just outsourcing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how long do you cruise for before revving back up? Uh, well, I've just done. I'll be honest. This is the way you should do it. The way you should do it is. Like I think the time is irrelevant. I think the time is really, really irrelevant, and the idea of you need to do twelve week cycles and sixteen week cycles and six weeks off or twelve weeks off, whatever, the, whatever anyone is saying, is completely irrelevant. I think the only thing that you need to worry about is how is your blood work and how is how how are you, you know? So if you're sleeping good, feeling good, you've got great HDL, your cholesterol's low, your inflammation is low, your kidneys are fine, your liver is fine. I don't know why you would stop if every marker is fine. I don't know why you would stop. Um, so that would literally just be my my test for when your cruise is over. For example, Ethan, we did, if you even call it a blast, we went from 200 milligrams to 250, back to 200, then added in a little bit of Primo to about, I think it was 300 milligram total, right? Or yeah, yeah. Total, including the Primo. So it's, it's a really, really small cycle. So no doubt he's probably not going to be that harm from it. And what he is, he can probably make back in four weeks of TRT, you know. So we're going to get his bloods done. I think it'll be week five, maybe. Be week five, yeah. maybe. So yeah, we have bloods done. My bloods are getting sent off tomorrow. Exactly. So we'll see yeah. where he is. If he's sound, there's no reason why you'd hold back and, get, and wouldn't just jump on, especially for someone who's blasting and cruising. If you're coming off, then yeah, you'd want to do your full PCT, wait for your bloods to get back, and then you can go off and do whatever you need to do. But for someone mm. who's blasting and cruising, if you're fine after five weeks, then cool. Um, for me, it's always been around eight weeks. I've tested after four weeks. That needs a little bit more work. We'll go for another four weeks, and then we'll test again. Same thing with Ethan. If we get him back in five weeks, we think oh, we want to improve that a little bit. We'll wait another three or four weeks, and we'll just hold off, you know. But generally speaking, for me, it's been about eight to ten weeks um, cruising before going up into another blast, which usually lasts anywhere from from, from twelve to sixteen weeks, depending on how it fits in with your with your, with your timeline. Um, but usually, I'll run for sixteen weeks, and then you just you, you just get your blood done again after week ten, you know. Like you just get them done again after week ten. You can see how damaged you are. You can see how much you're prepared to take more. And you can gauge how long you need to go just based off that. Yeah, pretty much same here. Like I'm, I'm not experienced at all, but from from what we both said is, is if it's healthy and the goal is to gain, then why not? I think if you were to talk to anyone in the top, like you wouldn't say to Big Ramy, "Oh, you know your your bloods, your bloods are alright, but we want you to hold off a little bit longer." He's not going to say, "Yeah, sound." Like if if you're healthy, you're gonna you're gonna do it. Exactly. Uh, have you ever experienced binge eating or any other disorders that you've had to overcome? Not as a disorder. I mean, I def- I'm pretty sure I can vouch for everyone that we've, we've definitely binge eaten before. Yeah, I, um, I, I call it. I call it disordered eating. No. Yeah, I call it disordered eating, but not an eating disorder. Like I don't eat normally. Yeah. But, yeah. but what I do normally is disordered eating, right? Because most people have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, I eat four or five times a day, so yeah, it's already exactly. disordered eating. But in terms of binging, like I haven't binged on a prep ever. I've never cheated on a diet. But when I've been given the go ahead. It's like all for you all, and you just go to the point you can't breathe, and like food's yeah. coming poking out of your esophagus, like a Christmas dinner. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. 
I think the only time that I would have had something that maybe would have concerned me is post comp, and I f- you physically cannot stop because you haven't got the goal there. Yeah, you've got you're going into off season. You know that you shouldn't be eating so much food, but you physically can't like just help but pick up fucking food. And so sometimes when I've been with with with, with Amy or whatever, when she walks out the room, that's when I'll go to the cupboards and I'll like go eat something. <laughs> so she's not like, oh, you not had your calories for today? Just that's the only time like post competition that has pushed me to think about that but nah, nothing explicit and I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't want to give like advice how to get rid of it there's, there's experts for that type of thing as well so I'll probably say check that. I don't I don't think I've ever I've, I've binged but since actually being in 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 the game I suppose I could say I am now um no I've, I've not um like you say maybe towards the end of a diet when you say you can have a cheat meal I, I've had more than I, sh- I probably should have had yeah. but uh, not since starting and properly being into it I think once the goal is right and you can you can definitely vouch is, is when you when you know what you want yeah. there's no need to um whether whether if it's like clients saying oh I, I'm really hungry I want to do this well it's like well do you want this or do you not like if, if you've got that in your head it's so much easier and you don't need to binge yeah, most impressive movie physique of all time movie physique. well it's got to be Arnold hasn't it yeah I guess so it's either Arnold the only other person that came into my head was um Sylvester Stallone yeah, no, the the German guy boxes. What's his name? Do you know who I mean? The the blonde guy. The one that did Rambo. That, that kills. That kills uh, Apollo. Uh, no, nah, I, d- I didn't watch those films. Uh, I can't even think of his name. But yeah, he's got. He was like six foot three, and he was just as stacked as uh, Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Yeah. Should uh, sh- should genetic structure or preference dictate the class you compete in? That's quite a good question. Um. I personally think that your genetic structure more than your oh, I don't know actually I just think, I just couldn't think of anything worse than like really wanting to be a, like I, you can see these guys as well and like no offense but something you just 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 genetics the guys who just fool themselves into thinking they're classic because they love Arnold and they love yeah whoever whoever it is Seabun and and like you just they like clinically do not have like a classic physique and. I, I like, but they do it because they love it, and like you know, hats off to them. But if it was me and I had a bodybuilder's physique, or for example, I had a, can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or for example, I had a like a real men's physique physique, which I think I do. Like I wouldn't go be a bodybuilder. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. So I, I would like to say genetic structure should dictate where you compete, but I think people do the opposite. Yeah, pretty much the same. I think like a lot of you do see a lot of people that just just want to put themselves into places I think even if you look at like George Peterson um, I wouldn't say Keown because he did look good for classic but you can tell people just aren't but they like the thought of being able to do yeah. do men's physique or classic or but yeah I think the, you've got genetics to grow and grow and grow realistically yeah. but if if you are holding yourself back because you want to be in classic then you, you're going to stay there yeah, um, is Ethan considering YouTube I'd for sure watch I actually thought about this last night. Uh, Mitch, Mitch mentioned it. Because it's not, not so for much. everyone. Huh? It's not for everyone. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, podcast, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. Like, I've been banging on about that for, like, years and stuff. And I think the ability with me wanting to inspire people, podcast is definitely the way forward, being able to, even if I look back at every podcast and think, oh, I spoke better that time, or I spoke yeah, better that yeah. time. Like, just to look back and be like, wow, I was rubbish. Like, I want to be able to in six months time look back at this podcast and be like I was talking just like everything I do is just not what I want it to be yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but YouTube, not so much. Uh, maybe when everyone was doing it and it was a really big thing and everyone was making money. But now, not really. Like, it doesn't really bother me. Maybe, maybe if I get bigger and better and people want it, then potentially, but yeah. not now. I, th I think with editing and the time I have on my hands, um, granted I have a lot more, but I think it's just not what I want. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But shout out to the guy that said he'd watch me. I might do it just for him. J-A underscore underscore lifestyle. Big up. Um, nice. Do you lose any muscle when on prep and hearts? Uh, so you can. You you can. It's increasingly more difficult because obviously you've got super physiological levels of hormone. Uh, and of course, in a lot of cases, you can grow. Um there, there will, there probably will be cases when you can lose muscle. I think those cases are when you're huge. I James Holland said. Yeah, like I think, like if you're that big, and your body is so used to very high drugs, and maybe you diet too hard, maybe you have to do too much cardio to, to get lean. I, I really think that you can, but that, like, that still blows my mind because obviously you've got shitloads of fucking hormone running through you, and they're gonna have even more loads of growth yeah. hormone. But I really like. I think you see it in those bigger guys. Um, I don't think that I've. Well, I've only done one prep on gear, so I'm not really an expert here. But I, I, all I did was grow into prep. Really, I think that's that's how I felt. Is that I grew into prep, and then when I started to reverse, I actually gained three kilos on my stage weight. So I 100% grew, and I was just as lean, if not leaner. But I think that it is possible to lose body fat if you fucking no, um, muscle if you just run yourself into the ground if you do it wrong yeah I think it's very difficult I, I think I think um, you can look at the studies of ages ago maybe, maybe it's changed now but those that were running gear and weren't even training were putting on more muscle than those that yeah. were training and not running gear yeah. so I think like, like you said unless you're dieting for for a whole year or going really deep with it then you're going to be fine yeah. we'll do one or two more one or two more questions uh, how do you figure out the ideal volume for you um Start off with the bare minimum. Yeah, exactly. Start off with the bare minimum. Work up gradually on what you feel. Like, but my issue is 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 actually prescribing volume and teaching people how to uh, teaching people how to learn what is too much volume. That's that's yeah. that's the hard part. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like 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 Ethan said, start with the bare minimum, and then just work up over time. Literally add one set in, give it a couple of weeks. Add another set in, give it a couple of weeks. For example, me and him both started with two sets on RDLs and deadlifts, and it fucking wrote both of us off. So we just go to <laughs> one one top set, and that's it. So you got to kind of like different things are gonna impact your recovery differently. Um, bigger exercises, more compound exercises, they're gonna impact your your recovery um, differently to a, a small isolation size uh, exercise. So you've got to find that balance between them that doesn't absolutely wreck you but allows you to get enough in to, to be able to elicit a response. So start low. I think anything from four to six sets per muscle group is a good place to start and then you could, yeah. and then you could work up over the weeks. That's what I'd say. I think, I think more is definitely less. No, sorry, less is more. Sorry, other way around. Less is more. Um, you, it's also genetic... Um, me and me and Josh can't recover as well as as people we train with. Like Will, for example, he can do all these sets to failure, and he can be fine like three days later and do it again and again and again. But I think with me, the the maybe it's because I know it more and I'm aware of it. But the build up of fatigue and the the cumulative fatigue that I like notice 
is so much more if I can do I could do two sets and be fine for six months and then as soon as that third set comes in yeah. on whatever it is even if it's like a bicep curl like I can feel the niggle straight away um, yeah. but yeah I think you just just assess that the best way probably to do it is just trust the process get a coach and let them do it for you and if you if you feel bad just let them know and then you can change it from there I agree final question yeah final question make it a good one uh, do you have do you only have a coach to have another set of eyes do you think you could coach yourself you go first um, I could um, I definitely could now but now that I'm further in in the game I wouldn't want one um, it definitely started off for accountability like I, I knew I wasn't obviously I'm, I'm never going to be the smartest but I, I knew what I needed to do um, and I had no accountability like I would just eat I, I, I put my food up because I could yeah. um, but it definitely like you can even see from the physique having someone there and, and having someone not there makes a big difference I think you, even though um, it, when it came to checking in twice a week when, when it came to going away on a holiday like you, you're like I can't mess up like shit I, I can't eat this because in two days time I've got to check in yeah. again even for those people out there if it's accountability then you, you need that but most importantly the second eye and to keep you on it when you do look really good or you're looking really bad either way either or maybe you're you're not losing weight as you want to or you're progressing but really slowly to have that extra person to go look well you know you're still on track you've put on yeah. 0.2 kilos this week whether that's whether that's not where you want it to be or not um, but I just think the second eye and having someone there yeah. I think especially is looking at how how we've grown together um, and there's definitely other coaches and like with relationships like we have where it becomes a friendship as well and the yeah. ability to just just trust each other no matter what is is, is there yeah no, I agree having someone who, who who actually cares about your results is a big yeah. big big thing because uh, especially when you get to the point of especially with bodybuilding not to the point especially with bodybuilding like the best of times is hard to see your progress especially when it's yourself and you're, you're your hardest yeah. critic so having someone who can just go no you're fucking looking good right here or looking a bit soft right here and just yeah. you know and has your best interests at hearts is is a really really good thing for me um having Cal there um and just knowing that the person that I have as a, as a, as a coach is always learning you know maybe knows a little bit more than me keeping me on my toes was always, always educating me um it's perhaps walk the path that I would want to walk as well you know that's 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 a really good one um, yeah, and also having them as a role model having them as a role model but also like <clears throat> even from business side you know I get to see how a high high level coach who I would consider maybe one step above me is is performing his business is conducting his business so you know it works you know you, you can extrapolate as much as you want out of a coach and that's what I say to clients is you're going to get what you want out of it you could build an entire online coaching service by just being with me for six months or you could just get, yeah. get the results that you want and not ask any questions for six months if, if you want to learn, you, you're going to want to be the, the smallest fish in the pond yeah. um, and just you want to continue to learn. And then you can replicate the same thing that I, I can replicate the same thing you've given to me and then so on and so on. And that's, that's what you get from a good client. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's going to come to the end of the podcast. Um, that is all the questions. Sorry if you missed out any questions. It's especially more on Josh's end. Um, thank you very much for coming on, Josh. Um, no I'll be there alongside watching you and, and pushing you on when you're prepping. Um, but as for those asking about the knee sleeves, etc., for the one MR, can, can we have, or do you know when the next the next thing's going to be out? Um, I'm going to say March, the first week of March, March, just to be safe. And that will be a, a spring summer, or uh, oh, sure oh, the new start, the new drop, no, the new drop won't be till April. Later, later. Yeah, okay, April. cool. That's fine. 
nice. So we can we can all wear it to the shows and yeah, exactly. One of our nice, nice, cool. <laughs> right, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you to everyone that is listening uh, or has listened and is still listening. Um, if you have any recommendations, any feedback, anything like that, just let me know. Give me a message. Um, I will put the links in the description. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll speak. I'll see you all later.